Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. See new things. Try new things. Go back centuries while living in the moment. Forge new paths while discovering old ones. Pedal, paddle, and paint while trekking, tasting, and tailoring experiences that transform you into a better version of yourself. Immerse yourself in the world by activating your mind, your heart, and your body on a river cruise exclusively from Avalon Waterways. Save with limited time offers at avalonwaterways.com. Avalon is cruising. Elevated. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Hey, welcome to the interview. I mean, the podcast. I mean, yeah, there's going to be an interview in the podcast. Welcome. We got Corrupt coming on. I think I hit the wrong sound. What did I just hit? Oh, yeah. I just hit the wrong button. Hey, man, listen, welcome to the podcast. Corrupt Young Gotti, one of the most legendary lyricists in hip-hop history. By way of Philadelphia, all the way to L.A., Corrupt will be on the podcast today, and it is a doozy. It is a good one. Yes, it is. Before we talk to the legend, Corrupt, we have to show love to our partners at Odd Socks. Go to oddsocksofficial.com and get you some socks, man. Listen, they got them all. Whatever you need, they got them. Cheech and Chong, they got that. They got the Nickelodeon. You need them Hey Arnold joints. You need some SpongeBob joints. You need some... Some Walter White Breaking Bad joints, some Godfather, some good, uh, they don't got Goodfellas, but they do got Scarface. They got Chucky. They got the Halloween ones. Whatever you need, they got them. Oddsocksofficial.com. Use the keyword bootleg kev at checkout and save 20% off. Now, there's no space in that. Just bootleg kev at checkout for 20% off your order at oddsocksofficial.com. Let's get into the interview with Corrupt. Yo, Boulay Cap Show, special guest in here. Uh, this fucking fly will not go away, by the way. I've been trying to kill this fly for like two days. Must love our fly. Yo, corrupt. Corrupt. Corrupt, man. You're a legend. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I got to give you some flowers because there's one album of yours that I always just rave that is like one of the most slept on albums of all time. Streets is a Mother. Oh, wow. Is one of my favorite albums ever. Overseen by Daz Dillinger. I call shots with you and Roscoe. That's organized noise. Man, you and Roscoe back and forth. You know. That's that uh, Ray, Rico, and Pat uh, on the beat, organized noise. We went to Atlanta for that. And uh, was over there at the dungeon with Rico. 
Ray came through, and then we just laced it up. Sleepy Brown, Pat. How, how's, how's your brother doing? He's doing real good. You know, he just had his uh, second baby, Zayalani. I call her Kaylani. Okay. The corrupt in it. You got it. You got to put that corrupt twist on it. But you know, kids help you to grow up and become the man you're going to be. And uh, that's what happened with, with David. You know, Scotty's on his grown man now, working on this music still. Got a new group, Luxury Click. So I remember when I first heard I Call Shots and I found out that that was your brother. Right. I was like, oh my God. Psychosomatic, Sick. automatic, man. And I was shocked. I was like, this, you know, I said, Corrupt's brother might be harder than Corrupt. You motherfucking right. I was, you know what they say, man, the next generation, they greater than the generation before them. You know, that's when they're doing well. You know, otherwise they'll either be lower and lucky to be the same, but when they really on their game, right. they surpass. And that's what Scotty has done throughout the years. And I remember when I first heard him rap, 12 years old, 13, and Wanted to get in the cypher, and I told him, I kick back, man, hold on. Because, you know, I, I don't want him to get embarrassed. And he rapped for like 30 minutes to 40 minutes. I said, oh, my God, the fruit does not fall far, far from, the tree. from the tree. I said, wow. I said, oh, this boy ready. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shout so, out to the, the California album, you know what I'm yes saying? Yes, sir. Uh, shining. It's crazy, man, because, you know, my favorite uh you know, I always say that the best West Coast album, probably my second or third favorite album ever is Doggy Style. Yes, sir. And that's the album that really introduced you to the masses. Yes, it did. Introduced all of us. Me, Daz, Nate Dogg. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Even G-Dub G got his chance to really shine. Warren G. Mm -hmm. Ain't no fun. He really shined on there. You know what I'm saying? And became a MC, became a rapper. Well, I feel like you have like quite possibly like the best verse on the out on Doggy Style, you know, at least oh. like a top three verse on Doggy Style. Wow. Um, well, thank you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love this guy. No, I mean, I mean, listen, man, I'm fucking I love I love. Thank you. You know, I, 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 I'm a huge, you know, dog pound fanatic, bro. And, and Doggy Style was an album that really changed my life. But like coming from your position as an unknown artist at the time snoops the hottest shit moving he's coming right. off the success of the chronic there's the buzz of his murder trial and there's just so much energy behind that album give me like your mind state when it came to getting in the studio and laying your vocals for that album and just being around that environment at the time wow well <clears throat> you know uh at that time we all had something to prove uh, not just to the world, but to ourselves. So everybody was in a show and improve mindset musically for the producers, you know, Dr. Dre himself, Daz stepping his game up, produced records like for all my niggas and my bitches. And was one of the keys to ain't no fun. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, being around Dr. Dre makes you step your game up. You got to show up and show out or get out. That was a death row mentality. So everybody was trying to prove themselves. They was trying to uh, get to that level, you know what I'm saying, that they was all trying to reach. Each one of us had a, a goal we was trying to set for ourselves, that we set for ourselves. Mm. You know, rage, 
RBX, RBX. myself, yep. Daz, Warren G production-wise, because he was all over the chronic with ideas. So was Daz. Daz is a lot of the voices you hear on the chronic, so on. Oh, Daz is probably the most, under, like, top two or three underrated producer of all time. Yeah, because, sure. you know, Daz don't really splurge his. He stays low. Right. Real humble about his. That but fucking yeah, fly is not going away. Hey, he loves us. What can I say? Hey, when you the shit, you the shit. Flies love to be around <laughs> shit. I'm just saying, though. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah, you know, it, it was it was great for us. A learning experience. Doggy Style changed all of our lives. You know, the chronic changed our lives, and Doggy Style uh, created who we were. When Doggy Style was being recorded, were you and Daz already signed to Death Row as Dog Pound, or was that something that happened after? The chronic, we wasn't signed. The chronic was crazy because Suge and Dr. Dre had a crazy plan. They only had Rage and Snoopy signed. Mm. All the artists on there, none of them was signed. It was like, if you make it, if the people like you. Then we might give you a deal. We're going to give you a deal. Mm. And it was like, wow, we still got to show ourselves? Yeah. Because we're on this album. Anybody right. could just leave. And, you know, so by the time Doggy Style came out, you guys were already locked down? We were signed after the when the chronic cracked. Right, 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 right. Once right. it cracked and reviews came back on all of us, Death Row was like, okay, everybody made it. Well, so. What was the was the en- the difference between the creation of the chronic and being around that and just the creation of Doggy Style? What was the energy difference, in your opinion, being somebody who was there for both? Like the chronic, you really didn't know uh, where to go. You know, uh, Dr. Dre would critique records for us. You know, he always told me during the chronic, "I got a record strictly for you, corrupt." And I was like, "Wow." I made it. Dr. Right. Dre's making a record for his album strictly for me. I was like, ugh. So, you know, I was excited and just watching them as they're creating the album itself in general. One of the first records I heard was A Nigga With A Motherfucking Gun mm. and G Thing. <clears throat> and so it was like, bam, those was the two. And he was just creating as he went. Then one day he came to me and said, here, I got this for you, Corrupt. You're going to set this off. And I was like, damn, let me hear it. And all you heard was, what? Went, 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 and I said, oh, my God. He smiled at me. Yeah. And that shit came on, and I was just, oh, my God, because this is me. Right, right, right. And that's why I started that off. Dr. Dre handpicked that for me. He made it for me, RBX, and Rage. You know what I mean? Stranded on death row. And Snoop was the superstar. So, you know, he already had it planned you know, how he wanted it to be, who he wanted to start it off. Corrupt, you're going to start this off. This is going to... After that, it was Lyrical Gangbang. And then Bitches Ain't Shit was the last record we made, which is basically he showed us that you could take one beat, take all the music off, keep two pieces of it, the drums, the bass line, maybe one other piece, and make a whole new record. They won't even know that they're the same. So he stripped down G-Thing Remix, and that's Bitches Ain't Shit. Took everything off except for the weed, the mm-hmm. key thing, and then the boom, 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 and the drums. And made bitches ain't shit. And he also taught me something then, too, because my verse, I started off, bitches ain't shit but hoes and tricks. Lick on these nuts and suck. The, I was rapping it, though. Mm-hmm. Dog is all melody. He taught me melody. And then Snoop, uh, Dr. Dre heard, heard me saying it, and he was like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Krupp, say that again. 
All right, go lay that. That's the hook. That's Just the hook. that part. Snoop, uh, add that whoop wop to it. And so, you know, Snoop came to me and said, Corrupt, say it like this. Don't say bitches ain't shit but hoes and tricks. Uh, don't do it like that. Do it like this. Bitches ain't shit but hoes and tricks. Lick on these nuts. Add that melody to it, Corrupt. So I did it like that, and he changed a couple words I had. Boom. And that was the That's hook. That's the hook. Me and Snoop. And I was like, wow. So now I got this record here where I'm having fun. And I was a battle rapper. So Stranded on Death Row and Lyrical Gangbang. That was like right up your alley. Right up my alley. This was new. I'm like, oh, okay. You know, Adding some melody into your... All of that right. type of fancy yeah, yeah. shit. And I'm like, okay. Boom. And I did it. And it was like, wow. You know what? I'm going to be a star. Then when it came to doggy style, our confidence was at the moon. We already knew where we were going. Mm. We already knew what Dr. Dre expected. What makes Suge smile. And those the key. Make Suge smile... And no you good, doctor, you good money. Satisfied Dr. Dre. And you golden. And that was the key to dog, because he knew how to you know, do it like this. Oh, add this to it. Because he was the he was the key. So first person to make smile is Snoop. Mm. So you know, whoop whop am and, and that's you no know, doggy style, we was all confident. We knew where to go. And that's why you could tell the difference in that than the chronic. On that one we was critiqued. Yeah, and, and then, signed, and we had and signed. Cheese. You had some cheese in your oh, pocket, yeah. you know. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys got some fame, a little shit. bit of fame from the chronic. And then me and Daz created the dog pound, and dog right food after is the chronic. Dog food is with the group, the dog pound. Me yeah, who was both solo. Yeah, I mean, you know, your guys' uh, group debut is another West Coast classic. It's a hip hop classic. It's an album that I feel like doesn't get enough flowers when okay. we're talking about classic albums, but. Wow. You know, that album. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, it, I feel like after Doggy Style, Dog Food, Dog Father, um, and, and I, then I feel like, you know, there was, at least from like a fan's perspective, there was, it felt like, like there was like some weird energy between Snoop and Death Row. The Tupac shit happened. Um, but you, you, you know, obviously you and Daz together forever. But there was that point in time where there was a, that separation where you had chose to stay with Suge. There was the double XL cover with you, left eye, was a crooked eye, Indeed. and, and Suge. Yep, yep. And there was a there was like some animosity between you and Daz. Right. Um, give me your thought process why you stuck with Suge during that time, and just kind of where well, your I head was, the, was at. I was the first from the dog pound to leave Death Row. Remember. You're talking about because you had Antra, you left, exactly. you did corruption, you launched your label. Like Dr. Dre was first to leave, and from the DPG, it was you. I was left. I left first. Snoop and Daz and all them was still on death row. So you left first, and I remember, yeah, because you had We Can Freak It and the Double Disc, and yeah. and, and but you came back around. My company Antra and did all of that and had that spin, and then uh, Suge came home. We had a good chop up, and I was really over rapping. I wanted to be an executive. I wanted to oversee a company that's what entra that's what i did with entra i was president of that company joe marone and tyrone gave me the opportunity to actually be a part of running a company and be the artist and, i mean shit i bought all know. i think it was three albums that you dropped on entra right. i bought yeah. all three of them bitches man do it with my with my hard-earned money yeah joe and tyrone's one opened up that door and gave me that lane to experience it and i liked at that point in time i love that more than i love being a our actual Art artists. artists. So when Suge came to me about being the president of Death Row, <clears throat> you know, 
Um, I thought that, you know what, I'm going to take this opportunity. I don't even feel like rapping. I don't want to rap. I want to more or less critique artists, build them. And I want a definite check rather than, because I don't feel, you know, I had no. Well, you know, music is a performance-based income. Like, you got to put music out. The music has to sell. Yeah. We get get royalties. We get our publishing. But hip-hop is fun. Once the fun's gone. What you doing it for? You're done. Yeah. Right, because it ain't about the money. You know. So Suge offered you something at the time that spoke more to where you were at mentally. mentally at that time. Yeah, and I said, you know what, I can do this. Because my homeboys, you know, was going to ride with me regardless. And in the beginning, that's what it was. But, it, you know, as far as a friendship, you know, it wasn't such a great decision because, it, you know, doing that, Compromise my friendship with, with Daz. my family, mm-hmm. Daz and Snoop. Yeah, Superfly, Nate Dog, all DPG. At so, the time, I think Daz was doing his thing with So So Def, right? It was around that time. It was, it was that that So So Def was after that experience. Okay, okay. Because that's when me and Daz got back together. He was, <clears throat> excuse me, he was uh doing so. Actually, no, So So Def was during the time of Entra, mm. because Daz got off of there. You know, um, and when Delmar got off of there, he locked up with JD. JD yeah. I think Dog was finishing with No Limit. And I went to Death Row to get Daz off of Death Row and so bring him back home. So I did do that. And then when he got off, I went back on. And that's when you accepted the position to be the president of Death Row. Right. And you know that's crazy. That's ironic. How long did that? How long did did were you technically the president of the label? About two years. Yeah, two years, and then you, know, you remember I, what years yeah. those were? Uh, well, two thousand five is when I got back with the homies, and we made Cali is active, which is a, a, a yeah. I mean, a moment. But but yeah. so so it was probably what oh two. It was basically two thousand four and two thousand three. Okay, okay. And so that the was... The end of 2002 and then 2003 and 2004. Yeah, because... Okay, so so you got with Death Row after they put out that Chronic 2000 album. Right, because I was... They put out that album to kind of... I was still c- on Entre. Combat Chronic. what Dre was doing. Yeah, because Streets is a Mother and Dr. Dre's Chronic... Was in, a, was in 2000, 2001, on the right? same day. Oh, that, that was the same day. <clears throat> so that was 2000. That was... 2000, right? Right. Yeah. 2000. Now that was 2000. I think 2001 came out in 2009 with Streets as a Mother. So that was 99. Mm, that's crazy. I'm fucking old, man. That yeah, was 99, I think. Yep, 99. 1999. Streets as a Mother dropped and the Chronic dropped on the same day. So when you come in and you're running Death Row as the president, left eyes on the label, mm-hmm. Crooked Eyes on the label. Right. Crooked Eye had probably been there for a while at that point. Well, he was there with us. What was you know what I'm saying? So he was there during the nineties. I mean he was there during like ninety four. Wow. Crooked Eye started coming around, Big C style brought him and Technique to the table. I remember Technique. And they created the L V C crew. And um right, Crooked Eye's an alien, one of the greatest to right, ever, you know what ever I'm saying? get in front and of a mic. L B C crew, Crooked Eye was a separate beast. And you can hear Crooked Eye all on every record I made. Uh, from Streets as a Mother and Space Boogie. Crooked Eye is on both of those records. Mm. <clears throat> you know what I mean? 
and he was um, he wasn't signed to death row at that time. Right, he was just around. Yeah, right, and then he signed to death row, and so yeah, when I got with Suge, you know, Crooked Eye was there, Lisa was there, Left Eye was already on the label. Crooked Eye first, and then Suge did a thing with Lisa to do the Nina album, and then after Nina came Gotti to be president over CD's projects mm-hmm. with Suge and all of that, you know, and um, then from there, um, yep, till 2005, I think around then, the end of 2004, 2005, if I'm not mistaken, and I told Suge that, you know what, because I talked with Snoop, and, you know, Snoop was like, it's time to come home. And I was just like, okay, wow, you know what? Time to come home. Mm-hmm. The champ call. The Snoop call is over. And that was really about the where the friction was because, you know, the homies didn't agree with my choice. But when Snoop decided to talk to me, you know, I fell right back in pocket as I should. You know and that's when I mean? Cali is active was, was created. And that's when we did Cali is active. Yeah, what was it like? I mean, tell me about some of the... Left Eye music that was being recorded because, you know, obviously, you know, she she passed, you know, way before her time. And, yeah. and, and um, you know, we never really got to get get treated to Left Eye solo. Like, I think, right, we, we right. you know, we should have, you know. So how, how was how was the music she was recording while you were at Death Jam or De- Death Row? Well, Left Eye was bussing. Excuse me. Um, so, you know, that's something that she wanted to do for a mighty long time. Right. Excuse me. Which is show her skills as an MC, you know, and with TLC, it was a different level of music, different mm. genre of music. Mm-hmm. And Lisa really wanted to be an MC. She wanted to show and broadcast her skills as a rapper, her skill as an MC. She's from Philly. So, you know, she wanted to let loose some of that Illadelph madness that she had built up in her that she couldn't do with TLC and LaFace right. or whatever company they was with after LaFace. So it was like a, it was an outlet to release this, this entity in her she called Nina. And so That was like her alias. Her alias, you yeah. know what I'm saying? And she, you know, that's what she gave her the lane for, and she accepted it. She jumped on, and you know, it's a whole different Lisa left. How was was the music fire? She was fire. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, of course. I mean, yeah, you know what I'm saying. There's just all these like you know uh, albums we always heard about. And growing I'll be up. honest, the music wasn't bad at all. You know, it's just different for Lisa. Mm. You know, you'd be like, oh wow. Visually, you'll be able to see where she was going. Right. You know what I'm saying? If you just hear it, you'd be like, because uh, you're so used to left eye, you probably wouldn't accept Nina unless you saw visually what she was going for. What she was going for. And then it'd be like, okay, because it's still left eye. But, you know, different world. You um go back with Snoop and, and Daz. You do Cali is Active. How was Suge's uh, feelings when it came to you leaving Death Row a second time? Well, I told Suge, and I told my brother Draws, he just got home doing 14 years. <clears throat> and, um, you know, I let both of them know, you know what? Uh, I went as far as I can go here. Crooked Eyes album's out. You know, I did a solo album. 
Y'all can have all of that. But I'm finna go back with Snoopy and the homies. You know, and it was time. And um, Cause Shug, at that time, there was like, there still was a lot of animosity between Snoop and Suge. You know what I'm saying? At least, yeah. at least. Totally. Yeah, so. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, Snoop gave me that call. I talked to them. I talked to uh, my brother Draws first, get his opinion and see what he thought. He said, you know, go with your feelings, go with your heart. That's what you want to do. So then I went to Suge as a man to let him know this is what I'm finna do. Because he gave me that opportunity and I accepted it. You know, Suge's always been solid with me. Mm. You know, so, um, you know, he was like, he gave me his blessing, which I thought was like, oh, it must be right. Suge was just like, well, you know, whatever you do corrupt, keep your business good. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, I think that's what you should do if that's what you want to do. You know, you, I'm all with you, man. You know, keep your business up to par. You know what I'm saying? And So he didn't he didn't that's react the way that, you know, we. I, I would assume that era of Suge Knight, it wouldn't have been the nicest reaction. <laughs> but Suge you, never came at me like that, ever. Even when I was a kid, he never was this guy that people paint the picture of. Yeah, I was going to say, like, you you were around Suge for the better part of, you know, 10 plus years, right? So we we hear a lot about Suge, and then I'll talk mm-hmm. to people who were around him or who are close with him, and they'll say, well, you know, Suge's not, I'm sure that there's a side but, uh, to him. Suge was like a father figure. <clears throat> I mean, he taught taught us the game, showed us the game. It was uh, a lot of things he kept out, you know what I'm saying, didn't tell us about, but, you know, uh, when you're moving that fast, you, know, you don't get to do, to say everything or do everything. Mm. What he did teach us uh, shaped our lives, gave us a career. He believed in us, invested in us, time, energy, and financially, you know. And, um, <clears throat> you know, he was... He supported us 100%. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you just hear all these stories like people were getting beat up at the studio all the time or there was just a lot of crazy shit going on. Like, you know, however many documentaries that have ever come out, there's mm-hmm. always that side of the death row story that we hear about. Right. Never hear none about, of us were actually never there. Never hear about the good parts. Right. And there's a lot. You know, there's like, two sides to every coin, yeah, right? Just, just two sides to every coin, big homie. And, you know. Uh, when it comes to Suge, that's the only side that people want you to see. It's more exciting. They well, plus, don't want he's you the to easy hear. he's the easy guy to make a villain in the in the whole story of this whole thing, right? Like, like you said, people pick and choose the the credit they want to give him or not give him. But it, he's no, the easy guy to point to and you say, know, it's, "That's all. It's all what the people want to see." Sex, money, drugs, violence, guns. That sells. You know, being a great person really isn't too exciting. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Doesn't sell. It doesn't sell documentaries or VH1 tell-alls. Right, 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 right. right. You know what I'm saying? You're nobody. Till somebody kills you. Thank you. (laughs) So you know when, when you know... You really don't get to get that side of it, you know, what good things Suge did. I'm not saying he did no bad things or made no mistakes. Right, right, right. I'm not saying that, you know, Suge ain't, you know, grabbed somebody by the neck and picked them off their feet. Right. 
you know, in this business, you got to wear many hats. Should came from an environment, you know what I'm saying, from the streets. So, you know, he also came from another environment. He played football, UNLV, mm-hmm. and he went, he played. Actually, I think him and RBX went to UNLV at the same time. By the way, shout out to RBX. as one yes, of the craziest uh, voices ever. Indeed. Yeah. That's one of the things Dr. Dre loved about RBX. Oh, his, his voice is so distinct. And his style. Yeah. That nigga said, stylily bumped and being found in debris by yeah. uh I mean nobody puts it together like RBX. Only person I heard that puts it together like RBX is the originator of style to me, and that's DOC. Shout out to the DOC. Yeah, Doc. Man. Doc was all stuck. Style. He just, just the way he worded it and put it together with the WAP and then one of the biggest like what is if, was, uh, if he'd have never got in that accident you know and his Sheesh. man right the big I think that's one of the biggest what ifs of hip hop history oh yeah you know because man you know what I'm saying like wow he was so on a roll at that time you know what I'm saying he was about to be you know with Snoop. Was and became right. DLC was on his way there. to be that guy first. You no, know, and it's crazy because see that happened to Doc, which stopped him from going to that place mm-hmm. that we see Snoopy at right now. Uh, iconic, yeah. Snoop's and up. then the same thing happened with Nipsey Hustle. Yeah, and Nipsey was on his way to being on that level. He was man, like Snoopy. They were just favorites. You know, Dog was a favorite. He came out, they, they loved him from the door. Deep cover, gone. You know what I'm saying? Which sparked everything from that point. They already had the chronic in mind, but deep cover just flew him to the top. Right, 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 right. You know what I'm saying? Already before the chronic even came out. So, you know, same thing with, with DOC and with Nip. You know what I mean? And there's others out there that had that uh, that potential to be something special and different. Hey, interrupting the interview to tell you about our good friends at Odd Socks. Now, as you can see, I always have my Odd Socks on, baby. You know what I'm saying? Ooh, shout out to my bony-ass knees. Um, listen, go to oddsocksofficial.com. They got all the craziest socks. These are the outsiders. You know what I'm saying? They got SpongeBob. They got Cheech and Chong. Listen, Breaking Bad Godfather, whatever you need, they got it. And now they have underwear. That's right. You can get your odd socks underwear. The boxer briefs are the best underwear that you could ever fit on your ass. Trust me when I tell you. These are Chucky draws. What you know about top ramen underwear, all right? Go to oddsocksofficial.com. Use the keyword bootleg Kevin checkout, and you'll save 20% off of, of your order. Underwear, masks, slippers, socks. Whatever you need, they got it. Oddsocksofficial.com. Keyword bootleg have at checkout. Save 20%. There's something about Snoop. I, I always say this. Snoop's the most famous rapper ever. Like, when we're talking about, like, the biggest ever. I'm talking about household name. I'm talking about your grandma knows who Snoop Dogg is. And loves him. Your great-grandma <laughs> knows who Snoop Dogg is. Your dad knows who he is. Like, Snoop is the most famous rapper we've ever had he's the biggest as far as just like household name like i don't think there's anybody who's ever been more famous than snoop dogg exactly like period i agree and i say i always say this i say the two there's no one who's been bigger at their peak than snoop at his peak and 50 cent at his peak yeah because 50 was there 50 at his peak and snoop at his peak 
Nobody's ever been bigger. Now, there's been people who have longer runs at the top, like Drake or, uh, you know, you could go, you know, there's there's been artists who have had longer runs at the top, well, but at their about, peaks. You're talking about rap, though, right? Because right. you ain't talking about in general. No, I'm talking about, I'm talking about hip-hop. Gotcha. I'm talking about hip-hop, period. Like, right. I don't think anyone's ever been bigger than 50 or Snoop at their peaks because no. they had so much stuff going on that just added to the intrigue. 50 got shot nine times. Snoop was facing the murder charge. It was like... Right. It was nothing, nothing. I don't think anything's ever really been bigger. Now, like I said. Well, Tupac. Even Pac, man. I think. know even Pac. When Pac came out, everything stopped. I think. All of hip hop stopped. I think Snoop. I know what you think, but I'm telling you. Do you think. All of hip hop Do you think Pac at his peak was bigger than Snoop at his peak? All eyes on me. I think they were all equivalent. They're equal. You can't say one's bigger than the other. That's what people do. They want to say who's bigger or who. There is no bigger. When you heard Doggy Style, everything stopped. For sure. Now you're going to try and tell me when you heard All Eyes on Me, everything didn't stop? I think, I think that, yeah. I mean, obviously, All Eyes on Me is one of the greatest hip hop albums stopped, ever. Stopped, though. When 50 Cent came with his album, everything stopped. That's real. That's the peak. When you drop and everything stops, that's the peak. Mm. So you can't say dog and 50. Without saying Pac. Without saying Pac. Mm. And you know, the crazy thing is when Big's album dropped, everything stopped. Unfortunately, he passed away. Yeah, that second album. <clears throat> and then that, that second album. The second album, he'd gone. already been gone, yeah. He was gone, though. Couldn't right, right, even right. enjoy that peak. Right. But Pac was alive during that peak. Snoopy was alive during that peak. And <clears throat> 50 was alive during that peak. They are alive. Mm-hmm. And those three particular albums, I must say it too, Eminem. You can't tell me where high my name is dropped to everything. Well, especially especially, especially Marshall Mathers LP. That, when that second album dropped. The first one. I'm talking about the, the, the yeah, second. I know you're talking about the second one, but. The first one. Stop. I, I think the second high. one. My name is hot. Right, 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 right. Stopped everything. You couldn't even relate to this. Who the fuck? What the fuck is this shit? Yeah, who is this fucking white well, dude? What the talk about fuck is this shit? Murdering people and killing his what? baby mama. You never heard no shit. Like, it stopped. The game stopped. Right, 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 right. High my name is was his peak everything else was a rise because stan and all of that was that right when he dropped he was at his peak when snoop dropped he was at his peak when 50 dropped he was at his peak that was the peak mm. when Pac dropped all eyes on me he was at his peak he was already selling millions with jimmy right. ivine and interscope you know i, th- I definitely think like, he went to jail obviously there's a few artists like saying. you think of like wayne right <laughs> like wayne i think wayne's like he had been around for so long, so it was more like a, a, a steady climb. Like Carter One came out, and people realized, "Oh shit, Little Wayne can rap." And then Carter Two came out, and they were like, "Oh, this is a this is a classic." Right. And then his peak was Carter Three, and he was the biggest motherfucker in the world. Right. But I just think, as far as like just like, I can't think of like an energy like Fifty or Snoop at their at their peak. It, it, I just feel like you turn the TV on. No, they, they you just couldn't avoid fifty or Snoop. You know what I'm saying? But totally. but in general, Snoop overall is the biggest, most famous rapper ever. When you word it like that, you're absolutely correct. 
He's the most famous no, yeah, rapper of all time. No, but when you word that peak, when you uh, worded it like you did yeah. about that peak, you're absolutely correct. Snoopy and 50, they was everywhere. Yeah, and I'm not saying like, I mean, obviously. No, they was everywhere. M and, right. uh, you know, like you're right as well, but. Yeah, no, it's crazy too because I always think about. On, but you got to put M there too, then. Of course. The way you describing the peak. Well, Eminem had like ten years. When M he was, and I think M <clears throat> sold more records than anyone. It's like either him or Drake. Yeah, but that peak though. Yeah. Hi, my name is. Anger management right tour. How crazy! So, so let me ask you this because you obviously you know were giving flowers uh, one of Eminem's more famous verses. When he mentions you, and he mentions Red Man, and he that mentions was crazy, all, right? Right. That was until I collapsed, right? When they if don't, I'm not mistaken. Yeah. yeah. So you hear that, and I thought that was super dope because at the time, M's the biggest motherfucker in the world. Right. And somehow, I still feel like you're still slept on because you're corrupt. Like to me, you're like a superhero. Oh, but it felt so good to you. hear. <laughs> it felt so good My to hear God. Eminem give you some flowers on a record amongst all those names. Like how dope was that? And I, I was like, wow. Because, you know, you really don't accept it. You know, I'm used to being the uh, the underdog, <clears throat> as you would say. You know, I'm used to being, you know, that guy who, uh, you know, as, as good as I am on the mic, being a star is something totally different. Yes. You know what I'm saying? 100%. No matter how good you are, you can be the best with the pen, but it doesn't make you a star. Eminem, Snoopy, and 50 are stars. You know what I'm saying? But you are a legend. <clears throat> you are a legend. Yeah, God is good. You're yeah. a legend. It's just like when Kendrick, they asked him, I saw an interview, his, one of his first interviews, and they asked him his influence, and he said corrupt, and the people who was interviewing him, they really couldn't relate. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Not Pac, not Snoop, not this one. And he's like, no, 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 corrupt. You know, I learned, you know, they inspired me of too, course. but corrupt. And everybody was totally startled about it. I know I was because, you know, it's a lot of people you give influence to when they win. You'll normally hear them say the, the normal names. Mm -hmm. But Kendrick was one of the first. <clears throat> uh, one of the first, because the first one was M. You know, when M splashed on him with the wop wop. Kendrick comes along with the wham wham and I was just like wow you know that's enough for me that's you big know, man th those are the flowers that meant the most to me because they didn't have to do that they spoke from the heart and how they really felt a lot of artists don't speak from the heart and what they really feel they speak to satisfy so they would give you these regular names wouldn't talk about you know somebody that doesn't make people say ooh Ooh, yeah. Ah, and that was the ooh and ah, that damn, corrupts in that list. And damn, Kendrick gave it up for corrupt. You know, that was a shocker right there. and Very appreciated and loved. You know what I'm saying? And um, yeah, that made me say, wow. That's dope. And I did smile. Pretty yeah. big. Um, let's go back to Streets as a Mother. The bonus track on that is Calling Out Names, yeah. which was... Another one of those songs that I was motherfuck D, motherfuck M. Only X I know is Exhibit or RBX. Extraordinary. You can have a bitch. Anyway, I know the song by heart. Love that song. Uh, DMX was like my, <laughs> as you can see, I have DMX behind you here. You know, I, DMX was a huge. He's watching you. I love X, man. He might be watching me. Um, 
but talk, take me back to that that feud between you and X. Obviously, you know he passed away uh, earlier this year. Yeah. Um, it, it was over your ex, or what yeah. was what is that what it was? Yeah, you know it was. Uh, I was in my feelings, and I was really just upset the whole experience with this young lady, and just upset. Period, at the way I was being treated, being with this young lady, you know, and just let off some steam throughout the time of being with her. Certain individuals, you know, people will pump you up if you allow them to, if you let them. And, like, you know, I can say that a lot of people, you know, told me things that I took to heart, that this person was saying this, and this person said that, and in this magazine, this person said that. And mm. DMX was just a straw that broke the camel's back. You know what I'm saying? To where my anger was. And so then I just um, I just let it all go. You know, DMX is the main thing everybody concentrates on. But they don't really talk about Murder, Inc. Mm. They don't really talk about the Rough Riders in the hole or the firm. You know what I'm saying, and everybody else that I spoke on. Oh yeah, you you had DMX is the main thing they speak of. You had a lot. uh, You had a lot of uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, in the situation, you loaded up for a lot of people, lady. Right. You know what I'm saying. So, but there was a lot of different people I was upset at and angry about uh, things that went on or what I heard. Right. I put the cart before the horse. You know, and and really, you know, things like this. You talk to people man to man. You really don't voice it through the music <clears throat> you know what I mean you know uh, the way I was grew, I grew up you know if you really want to smash somebody beat them up first and then mm. you can talk about them right you know but don't talk about them first you know and I, I was just really angry what was your issue with uh, with Murder Inc you know the he say she say same thing with the firm the he say she say you know person told me this in well, because like what? Because like when yeah. the firm came out, obviously Dre executive produced that album. Yeah, and it was something that was uh, people highlighted in a magazine and said, "Read this." Remember those mag? But you know what's crazy is that was before social media, so it wasn't as easy to just DM somebody and say, "Yo, what? What, what did you mean?" You would just whatever was in the source or vibe. Yeah, that was the that was the key to this records back in our day was that was the only way to let a person know. That you didn't like them or had issues. Was in, was in the magazine. Was in the records or, or magazines. Records. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Your music or your magazines. But nobody was really saying who they was mad at. Everybody was subliminal. It was a lot of subs. And yeah, you know, and that's the thing about calling out names, which made it very different because basically. You said every, every you said exactly. <laughs> right. And, you know, it was only rarity records back in the days like that. Real disc records. You know, Chris. Back in the days with MC Shan mm-hmm. and the bridge is over in South Bronx and letting it be known, you know, and uh, then, you know, as you keep going, you see the progression, Ice Cube, No Vaseline, but a lot of rappers. Hit them up. Yeah, hit them up, Pac, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Before that, it was all subliminal, like New York, New York wasn't to diss New York because I don't do subliminals. I'm a real battle rapper. I'm a real MC. If I had an issue with somebody, you know, I'm gonna put their name in and let them know. You pinpoint them. You, 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 and you. 
You know what I'm saying? And um, so New York, New York was taken out of text. And, you know. Yeah, that song was never meant to be a slight to New York, correct? Not at all. And the video, I think, I, I don't even think it was much about the song as much as it was about the video. Well, that was after we got shot at. Mm. So, yeah. so that, so you guys got shot at and then you guys did the video the Ooh, way you did the video. Yeah. So the video was meant to be like a fuck you, but the song itself originally was not meant to be a fu- like a exactly. fuck you. You know, the first scenes was in Times Square. We wouldn't go to New York to shoot the video. I mean, we had balls, but not that much balls. Right, 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 right. You right. know what I'm saying? Yeah, New York in the 90s is a wild place. As was, as was L.A. It's the capital, but New yep. York, you know. New York is like Los Angeles. They had the gangs, the original gangs. Right. You know what I'm saying? He's out of New York City, so. You know what I'm saying? Like Chicago. You know what I'm saying? You know. So we we thought actually New York would accept it. It's a Melly Mel chorus. Melly mm-hmm. Mel and the Furious Five, Grandmaster Flash. You know, Melly Mel cleared it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Got paid. So we was like, Melly Mel cleared it. Oh, well, dang, we finally gonna get the respect. We're gonna get New York to love they're gonna love us for this mm. when we, you know, put this one out. They gonna love us, you know what I'm saying? And when we dropped dog food, nobody made a fuss about New York, New York. Our first single was Let's Play House. Mm-hmm. So the album was already out. Nobody was making a fuss like we was dissing New York. And everybody liked New York, New York. That's why it became the next video. And we said we're gonna shoot this in time. We're gonna shoot this in Times Square in New York. Oh man, we finally gonna get the the, the love. That, you know, as much as we love New York, New York is finally going to love us. This song is dedicated to them. And we're going to get respect as MCs. Corrupt, you leading that way. For them to, to love West Some Coast LA MCs. MCs you yeah. know what I'm saying? I was like, wow. This is, this is going to be historic. So we fly out there. We flew out the Lowriders. And, you know, it was a big deal to us. And we invited everybody to come through and, and let's all get down and... You know, come be in the video and let's show them this unification. Only one that really showed up was Moni Love. You know, she showed up and gave us some love. Um, nobody else showed up. A couple people, though. We had uh, K-Solo K- K- in the building. He always fucked with us, though. You know, and a couple other people came and showed love, but, you know. we. So you guys had originally intended... To invite a bunch of people from New York to the New York. Well, we sent a shout show. out to all of New York, you know, coming through, shooting this video, dedicated to y'all type of vibe. And they really didn't feel that way. And then uh, after we shot in Times Square, we shot in Red Hook, Brooklyn, and you know, a couple shells went through our trailer. Nobody got hurt, but our pride did. So, you know, we stopped everything, got up out of there. When we got home, we was down for a bit. And then we just was like, uh, we can't go for this. They That's think, where you came up with the new video idea. You think we dissing them? We're going to show you dissing. And then the whole dynamics and, and direction of the video changed. And that's when we did all of that right there. Yeah, that was an interesting video and an interesting time, too, because then yeah. I, I know 
you know, shout out to uh, Capone and Noriega. CNN did their yeah their their L A L A L A L A, which was you know, it was a, it was a, it was a wild time to be around. I'm sure be around yeah, Death I Row. I talked man. to Nori about it. I think we was on um, we was on uh, Drink Champs. Yeah, shout out to we Nori. We was talking about that, and um, you know, Nori was you know he's so funny. Oh, he's Real. hilarious. Oh, yeah, oh he's the best. You know, you know. Nori was one of the first that I linked up with. Who uh, we became very good close friends. You know, it was fortunate that I linked up with DMX before, before he, he passed. passed away, and we became friends. Actually, I think um, who was up in there? Dana Dane was at the airport. Me, DMX, and Dana Dane all had flights, and me and DMX squashed our situation and. We became real good friends then, man. You know, I talked to him whenever I see him. We was all cool. And it, it, it was good that that happened before he passed away. Get that. Just get that out, out the way. way. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Me and Nas. Uh, I did a movie with Ja Rule. You know what I'm saying? Half Past Dead. You know, we got rid of our differences. I talked with Irv. I talked with everybody that, you know, um, that I shot at uh, with calling out names. And got rid of all of that, you know, uh, all those issues and right. problems. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy, too, because you were super, super so close to Snoop Dogg. And Snoop Dogg, historically, like we look back at that time, he had a lot of people in New York that he was tight with. And and from what I've heard, Shook was not didn't like that. Shook and Pac didn't like the fact that he was so cool with yeah. a bunch of New York MCs. During that time, were you still like super close with Snoop? And did you have some of those same relationships Snoop had with some of those New York artists? Um, we, we was, uh, we were still on death row. Yeah. Right. So that was, yeah, that was because that was before you started. Because when did Corruption come out? 2000, 99? 98. 98. Okay, okay. So that was right before you left. So yeah, you yeah, felt, did you, when, that was when Tupac came home. Yeah. I was going to say, did you feel like the division between Pac and Suge and Snoop? Like, did you see it like with your own eyes? Cause obviously there was, you know, that we heard Pac records that got leaked way after where he was talking shit about Snoop. You know what I'm saying? Like, did you see that with your own eyes? Like that division, like whether you could sit where you could tell like, Oh, you know, Snoop's going to eventually end up leaving death. Dog Road. pound is a gang. Yes. Yes. Self-explanatory. Yes. How how weird was that 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 time though? Because you're you know, obviously from a fan's perspective, we didn't see all of the internal issues going on, right? Yeah. Um, Pac is like you said, the biggest thing moving. You know, two of America's most wanted is a song with Pac and Snoop on it that's going crazy. And but Daz the, did the beat. And Daz did the beat. And and you Superfly. know. And at the time, there, the, the Snoop and Pac and Suge weren't seeing eye to eye. You know what I'm saying? Like, what was yeah. that? What was that? What was that era like of 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 just just being around Snoop and Dog Pound? It was like this crip. That was the era. <laughs> Period. That's what it was. Motherfucking right. It's crip. So at that, like, was there ever a point in time Pac where was our friend? And when right. I say our, I'm speaking of the Dog Pound in general, Snoopy. Daz, Krub, Nate, Nate all of our yeah. You know what I'm saying? And the Outlaws and Thug Life, psyching everybody, you know what I'm saying? So they was all our friends. Now the two heads of the horses have an issue. You know, 
Um, so, you know, eventually they would have worked that out. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's what, you know, friends do. And Tupac and Snoopy were real friends. You know what I'm saying? And Pac had his issue. And Snoopy was, you know, I mean, what's going to happen to Snoop? Right. Nothing. <laughs> if people are smart. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And Pac didn't want to harm dog. You know what I'm saying? Tupac loved dog. He was more disappointed than anything. And, you know, me and Pac are similar. Sometimes we bring the cart before the horse. You know what I'm saying? And like those records you hear, you know, that was Pac. He was filled with anger. And he would let it go. And those records probably were never even recorded for us to ever hear. Oh, Obviously, yeah. they were never officially released. Like, they, they ended up getting leaked. For, they were recorded to be heard, you know, but it's just like me and DMX. You know what I'm saying? You know, we we got together and um, squashed our beef. Right, right, right. And we didn't even know each other. But Snoop and Tupac. They knew each other. They were friends. So that friends, was, you know, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that would have eventually been taken out the water and... I doubt if Pac would have released those records about Snoopy. You know what I'm saying? But you never know with Tupac. You know, right, right, he right, was right. very spontaneous and he said what he meant. You know what I'm saying? That was Tupac. Um, you talk to me about, you know, Four Horsemen, which was originally a record that was on a, I forget which cannabis album it was. I think it was on no, the 2000 BC one. It was a group. We tried to do it, put it together, but our shit kept leaking. We put the group together first, came up with the whole idea, and we was about to make it reality, but records kept getting leaked, kept getting leaked, so we put a pause on it. So Cannabis and Razzcast took one of the records, each took a different record. It was like, well, fuck it, man. I'm going to put this on my album since we're going to freeze on the album. Right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to put this on my album. That was Cannabis, and then Raz said, I'm going to put this on mine. I think Priest took a couple and said, fuck it, I'm going to put these on mine. Because we planned on starting from scratch anyway. Everybody was leaking all of our shit. So that's what they did to give them pieces of the, of the horsemen and the experience that we was planning on coming back together to give them the new records. Took us 20 years to actually get the, the real, the real masterpiece together, the real product. I was going to say like what you guys did back then, I always look at you guys as like the original slaughterhouse. Like, you know, slaughterhouse was Joe Budden and Joel Ortiz and, and Royce Everybody came together, Crooked Eye. But you guys did that first as just kind of like this super group of like just lyrical monsters. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's a compliment. Thank you very much. Why was <laughs> why 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 is now the time to come back together though? Like why why uh, w like what's the motivation to do a Four Horsemen project in 2021? Um, we're a real group. It's not a gimmick, right? We don't. We was just doing it. Just to do it. Yeah. It's a real group. Like Dog Pound, EPMD, Run DMC, Public Enemy. You know, it's one album. There's many more to come. You know what I'm saying? It took us that long to be able to get it. People kept, you know, throwing our shit out there. Inside people, you know, we couldn't do shit, man. They just kept coming out. We do five records. Next thing you know, four of them would get leaked. That's crazy. Like, oh, man. 
And then, you know, we got our own lives and careers. So then, you know, you try so much to get it there, it keeps falling back. So, you know, hey, we just go and do our own things and eventually get back together when we can and try it again. And, you know, we tried about two good times the first time, and then we tried a second time, the same results. So this is the third time's a a charm, rather, right? Third time's a charm. They'll swell. What's the competition levels between all four of you guys? Because each one of you, I mean, are, do, you, do you get on the record hoping to have the best verse? Because everyone's killers on the on each one of these records, you know? Well, I get on there and have fun. Right. You know, it's it's fun. So, you know, you get up there, everybody's together, or three of us together, or even if it's two, and you just spit. You know what I'm saying? First, whoop, the first verse tells you everything. Mm. I don't think we came up with hooks first. I think we came up with the verses first. Right. Bam. Once that first one laid first, whoop, whoop, the next one comes, the hook comes. Oh, let's get that to such and such, such, such. Or if we're all there, it just falls in line. You know, we just have fun. We just get on the mic. Our songs are similar to Cypher's. They all start off as Cypher's. Beat play and then everybody just getting their shit just, off. Uh, 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 and get the busting like a cipher and then, yeah, boop, 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 something catchy, crap. Which is exactly what fans would want to hear from you guys. Just some cypher bars. Rhyme. That's yeah. all we did, you know, and that was the key to Horseman. You know, we wasn't thinking about radio records or. <clears> Thank records God. I wouldn't want that from a four horseman album. People, yeah. To people like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? We gave them the mic. Right. That's what the Horseman is about pure and adulterated mic. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, we was able to still save a couple from the past. People ain't get. <clears throat> we took a couple records that stood out from the mm-hmm. past that we that was placed out. And, and then did some um, new ones. And added on the new ones. Raz and M80 basically forefronted getting it all together and putting it all together. And they did great. Um, okay. So that so so go go support the full horseman shit. Oh yeah. Um, is there any talks of doing another Dog Pound album? We drop in August, August thirteenth. So August thirteenth, you and Daz the thirteenth. So that's coming. Me and Daz, yep. And the first single was nice and slow. We released some from the album. I think two of them. Uh, we gave to them to, to lighten up their little muskets and uh, which you know, bottom bitch, and, and we rolling. And then uh, we just shot our first single and second official singles. Uh, the first one is Nice and Slow, with me, Daz, and Snoopy. The second one is uh, Used To, with, you know, me, Daz, and Eric Bellinger. Shout out to Eric Bellinger, man. Yeah, my guy. Uh, and then the other thing is, you know, Dre has been in the studio working on the detox and 13 million iterations of the detox for the last hour. Dr. Years. Dre is a stickler. How many, how many, like, have you heard any of that music? And were you asked to be on any of the records that we probably will never end up hearing? But like, was, were, were you ever at, at, at all point, a part of that creative process? Since, Dre? since day one. Since day one. Oh yeah. How great is the music? Cause I'm sure whatever you heard, we'll probably never even end up hearing, but like, I mean, I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, I heard three or four detoxes. You know, it's like, but Dr. Dre, you know, he's he's a uh, perfectionist. That's why all his records are just different. Every time they, they hit a peak, they go somewhere with something different. Dr. Dre, 
the perfectionist. You know, he's, you know, you wait and you wait, but when you get it, it's worth it. Oh boy, is it? You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, with Dr. Dre, I mean, shit, man, he got so much in that vault, you know, classics. But you know, Dr. Dre is something he's looking for, and when he finds it. I just so, hope I just hope we like like we get an album where we hear you and Snoop and Daz and Exhibit and you Dr. know Dr. Dre has so many that he has created so many like superstars I, I, and of course, so many of artists that people want to hear like that. You know, I think it's kind of difficult to. By the way, he did. A, well, he did a great job putting the, the the Compton album together. Yeah, that album doesn't get talked about enough. That was a great body of work. But I just like I'm just always like, man, like you know. I remember I'm, before that Chronic album, the last Chronic album, he Dr. put out Dre the aftermath. The aftermath. Yeah, the aftermath uh, compilation with been there, done that, and then he dropped the Chronic. Mm-hmm. This time he dropped Compton. Which that's fair. So you know nice comparison. Now, so you know what's gonna happen next. Okay. Well, oh, we'll be waiting. <laughs> and let's just look at what he has to bring to the table and then you'll understand how difficult it is. Because the album has to have everybody on it. This. It has to have those three. It has to have Kendrick, Snoop, it's gotta have you, it's gotta yeah, no, no, for sure. Rage. You know, that's the type of place Dr. Dre's going where I can fit in just all of it, a big gumbo. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's what he did with 2001, man. It was it was like a perfect, you know, even like, I mean, when I talked to 50, I was like, yo, 50, like, why don't you, M and Dre, just get into the studio and make an album? Like, that's what the fans want. Why is it so hard to just give people what they want? But, 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 he's Dr. Dre. It's Dr. How do Dre. you get him? How do you get him? No, he gets well, also, you in the studio. <laughs> and then there's Eminem, who's the, you know, and then there's 50, who's executive producer on all these TV shows. Sometimes it's not a, you know, just being a hip hop fan, you think shit's a lot easier than it really is. You know what I'm saying? Totally. First thing is, how do you get Dr. Dre in the studio? You 100%. Don't. You Dr. Don't. Dre gets you in the studio. You in the studio. That's the key. And as soon as Dr. Dre, you know, shoots out that bat signal, we all going to come immediately. He's ready. M. Snoopy. Gotti. Daz. Rage. RBX. Boom, boom, boom. 50. Yep. Immediately. Game. You know what I'm saying? Dr. Dre has such an arsenal. His tree is crazy. Stupid. And everybody will be right there. Kendrick. Yep. Well, listen, man. Corrupt. I appreciate the sit down. Yes, sir. You're a legend. I Um, mean, you are the man. Ah, man. So are you, bro. For real. When I first moved to L.A., I ran into you at Hooters across the street from Staples Center. Uh, And I was like... This is a good day. I was doing. I went and got some was, hot uh, wings. That was my 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 years of uh, when I was indulging in some good old fashioned Patron. Yes, you were drunk for sure. You fucking right. <laughs> <laughs> I, had to, is, I had to leave all that alone. Corrupt. I love you to death, kid. Boom. Thanks Perfect, for having man. me, bitches.
Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.